Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are glad that you are here with us for worship today. The flowers that are placed in our sanctuary this morning are in honor of Max and Jane Hamrick and their 50th wedding anniversary. Uh, These flowers are placed by Laura, Robbie, Max, Alex, and Sarah, their family. And so we celebrate with Max and Jane today and this week as they celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary. We are very glad that you are here with us for worship today. There is a responsive reading printed in your bulletin. If you would take a look and we will open our service today. Uh, You are invited to read the bolded print and I will read the non-bolded print and we will read that final line together. Lord, like the two walking with Jesus on the road to Emmaus. Like the disciples walking along the road. Help our encounter with you today to be up close and personal as you revealed yourself to these along the road. We come today seeking a fresh encounter with you. Amen. Our hymn is number 307, All Creatures of Our God and King. If you are able, please stand and join in singing hymn number 307.
You may be seated. I invite the children to come forward for lesson on the steps. Get your giraffes. Let me sit on the bottom and you sit on the top, okay? James and Jude, you want to come over here in the front? Here, let me have these two. Hey, Luke, do you want a hip, a rhino or a zebra? Neither one. Okay. All right. You, I know, these need to be cars, don't they? If they were cars, you would choose, I know. That's your favorite thing. What do you think about the elephant and the giraffes? Pretty big, aren't they? Well, you know what? We're going to have Bible school this week, and it's all about the wild. The zebras and the rhinoceroses. We got giraffes and polar bears. And what is that? Zebra. A zebra. What is that? A cheetah. And what is that? A lion. I forgot what? The rhinoceros. Thank you for reminding me. Well, what we're going to do this week in Bible school. Okay. One second. Okay. One second. What we're going to do in Bible school this week is learn about encounters with Jesus. And that's why we're going in the wild. Because there are all kinds of encounters that we have. And Jesus and our faith keep us strong. Mm-hmm. What did I paint them? No, they came just like that. So tonight, when you come, you're going to see more than just the elephants and more than just the giraffes because there's all kinds of things that we encounter when we learn to walk with Jesus. Can we learn that this week, you think? What do you think? Think we can be good Bible school people and learn about the encounters that we're going to have with Jesus? So I want to see you tonight. 4.30 for fun in the gym and then we're going to have supper and then we're going to Bible school. All right? All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, you don't have to, that's right. Okay. Jesus, thank you for these children. Thank you for the excitement and love that they have for you. Lord, you are so in their heart and you protect them whenever they might encounter anything that comes along their way. Their walk with faith is just beginning, Lord, but we know that it's growing stronger every day and every day they learn that you are more important to them and that you keep them safe and you protect them. Thank you for these children. Thank you for this church. And thank you for their families. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. We do ask that you be in prayer for our Vacation Bible School. Again, that does begin this evening. There will be an adult class taught by Doug Bryan. Uh, and that will be in the Krigma room, I believe. And so um, we invite you to be a part of that if you have not. And is Ellen gone yet? I'm going to wait now that she's out. Please wish Ellen a happy birthday today. Uh, it is her birthday along with uh, Jeremiah. And so we wish each of them a very happy birthday, but I know you'll want to speak to Ellen following the service. We don't want to embarrass her too bad, but, um, uh, but we're, we uh, uh, rejoice with Ellen in, uh, in this special day. Uh, before we pray this morning, I want to invite all of our VBS workers or those who are helping in any way with Bible school uh, to please stand. You're not going to just, just please stand briefly. If go ahead, if you don't mind, please stand we, adults and other help. So thank you guys for all of you for helping uh, as, and you can be seated now, but thank you. Um, we are excited. This is an exciting time every year in the life of our kids. And so uh, I want to encourage many of you, there will be some major transformation that takes place in this sanctuary this afternoon on the platform here. And unfortunately it cannot be up on a Sunday morning. And so I just invite you, if you are not, maybe, maybe if you're not even helping, but would want to see, certainly come by at some point this week, the sanctuary and see the transformation that will take place. But uh, I'm grateful to Clay and Tammy Johnson and, and others who are helping with this, but um, but the most thing is, the most important thing is keep us in your thoughts and prayers and our workers, our children, and this entire week. Uh, but I'm grateful for the church's support in, what a, in, in such a wonderful week. 
Before I pray, let's also be mindful of those that are just struggling and going through illnesses, and not only those that are going through illnesses, but those that are just struggling. Uh, as we talk about this Emmaus Road this morning in the sermon, as we walk life's road together, there's a lot of um, twists and turns along the way. Some that we might expect and many that we certainly do not. And so there are just some families in our church that are walking down a road right now, uh, the unexpected and the surprising, and um, may they feel the under, uh, being undergirded by uh, their church family and by the prayers of us at this time. Will you go with me in prayer now? Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. We're thankful that uh, life certainly does throw some interesting encounters along the way. Uh, we're grateful for uh, wildlife and when we encounter animals like we do at, sometimes in nature. And uh, we're grateful for the beauty and the creativity that, is, that surrounds us in your world. Lord, we come together today with no other desire than to meet with you, than to have an encounter with you. And not just an encounter, but a fresh encounter. Lord, I know we're all traveling on a different road in life and have different stresses and trials and tribulations along the way. And so, Father, I pray today that you would speak to us in ways that we need to be spoken to with whatever may be going on in our lives. Lord, for those that are struggling with physical illnesses, we do pray for healing. We pray for strength as they face this journey. Lord, for those that are dealing with relational things, whether with husband and wife or with children or with family members, Lord, we do pray for guidance and for direction and that you would be a good shepherd to all of us as we travel this road together. Lord, we do lift up Bible school. I'm so grateful for each of the workers that have given up their time this week to teach and to lead and to help in some way with Bible school. Bless them and their efforts this week and their teaching and their leading. Bless our children as they come. And Lord, those that are contemplating coming now, may they be encouraged and feel led to come and be a part of this. And Lord, we pray that they would truly have a fresh encounter with you this week as they encounter you at the river and walking on the water and, and at the tomb. And they're in the temple at a young age. Father, may these, may these encounters be memorable to them this week. And may you lead them to, to uh, follow you more uh, deeper in their own relationship. God, we love you. We thank you for this day. We lift up the service and the songs and the, your word as it's read and sermon as it's preached. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. We're thankful for Jesus Christ, that, Lord, you saw us where we were. You saw us as we are in the midst of our sin, in the midst of our imperfections and our flaws. And, Lord, you sent your son anyway. God, we're thankful for his life, his death, and we're thankful for the hope that is the resurrection, the purpose that it gives us in this life and the hope for the next. God, we are grateful. Help us to live each day through our words and our actions. May it express our gratitude to you. Lord, bless this service and bless this week of Bible school. Bless all those who serve you here in this community and overseas as we think about our missionaries each and every week. Lord, bless them in their efforts as well. God, we ask this prayer in the name of Jesus, the name above all names. Amen. Our next hymn is Sing of One Who Walks Beside Us. Um, you can find the words on the screen and also in your order of service. And I'm sure it's a tune with which you're familiar, so sing out like you know it. Please stand and join in singing if you are able.
with me? Dear Lord, thank you for this time that we can come here, we can worship your name. Pray that you be with all those involved in VBS. Pray that you uh, have the kids come and with open ears and leave with changed hearts. We pray that these offerings that are given today go to further your kingdom. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I had a lot of surprises there. Tim, Tim was singing something, and then Candy just kind of cut loose there for a minute, and just <laughs> kind of waving her hands and rearing back. And thank you, band. What a, what a great song, great anthem this morning. Thank you so much. Uh, following our scripture reading this morning, um, hang tight. Uh, we're going to sing a, a little chorus called Open Our Eyes. And uh, as we will read the text this morning, the story, uh, many of you know it by heart in the sense that these two who walked down the Emmaus Road, uh, their eyes were, were hindered from seeing that it was Jesus. And then, of course, later as they broke bread, they knew it was him. And so as we continue our worship this morning, as we talk about encountering more of Jesus, and thank you, choir and musicians, for helping us do that in song. And um, we're going to encounter more of Jesus on the road of life and on the Emmaus Road specifically in our text this morning. So we'll join together in that little chorus following the scripture reading. But if you have your Bibles, it will be on the screen, but um, there's a Bible in the pew and hopefully maybe your own Bible there. Luke 24, verses 13 through 35. This, the first 12 verses of this chapter was preached on Easter Sunday about the who, the what, and the why of the resurrection. And typically this is a passage that is preached right at resurrection, right on Easter or right after Easter, but we find ourselves here with it today. But beginning reading Luke 24, verse 13. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. 
And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, what things? And they replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all of this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly saying, stay with us because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem and they found the 11 and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. God, open our eyes that we may encounter you today in a fresh way. Amen. Please stand and join in singing number 392. As we have said, this week is Vacation Bible School, and we are going into the wild, hence our shirts and the wild animals. And we are doing that with um, the wild animals. We're doing it with a lot of decorations. We're having a lot of fun with it. But our hope and prayer is that we uh, journey with Christ and have an encounter with him during Vacation Bible School. Like I said during my prayer, they'll be encountering Jesus in the temple. They'll be encountering Jesus as he was in the river, as he was baptized. They'll be encountering him as he walked on water and uh, be encountering Jesus at the tomb as well. This morning, we find ourselves encountering Jesus with these two who are on the road uh, to Emmaus. You know, our lives are filled with some memorable encounters. Uh, We have all hopefully been to a zoo. If you haven't, let's go. I always enjoy going to a zoo, but we encounter uh, all kinds of critters and wild animals at the zoo. But uh, growing up in Hendersonville, we would occasionally encounter a bear. And what I've learned over the last few weeks is that there are some who have encountered, had some bear encounters right here in Boiling Springs, Uh, some not too far from here. Matter of fact, uh, not a bear, but about, I don't know, about a month ago, I was driving out and had to stop as deer were coming across the driveway over here as you go out on the north side of the church. 
And I saw about five deer down in the, the, down in the hole there as you look towards um, KFC. And I started to move forward and all of a sudden more deer. And so 10 deer that night ran across uh, in front of the car and it was quite a sight to see. Aiden and I, when we were in Virginia just two or three weeks ago, we talked about some encounters recently in a sermon, but we failed to mention the encounter of the snake. We were walking on the hiking trail and all of a sudden I, my mind went back to my mom. Uh, you know, when, when, when I was growing up, I was born in 74. So when I was growing up, you know, we, the shoulder straps and all the cars weren't, um, weren't there. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. But as I heard that snake, I immediately went like that. And I thought of my mom in that car when she would hit the brakes and put her hand over in front of me so I wouldn't go towards the dashboard. But I heard that snake and immediately went like this to Aiden and we got back and we saw it slither away. But it's great to have these kind of encounters. Uh, we encounter deer and, and wild turkey around here. I was visiting with someone yesterday within uh, stone's throw of the church and we saw multiple deer and turkeys. And so they are all around us and we are glad to share this, this spot with them. But as we talk more, as we move into the sermons, we, we have other encounters that are far more significant than our encounters with maybe a deer or a bear or a snake. We have encounters that shape us and form us. We have encounters that mold us into who we are today. Some of those are great encounters, and some of those are painful and hard encounters. Some of those encounters, we know immediately that what's happening right now is shaping my future. Some of those, whether it's you, you put your trust in the Lord, whether it's somebody is going through something significant in your family, maybe you just heard one of those, those phone calls that drop you to your knees, or maybe it was good news, but you know that in the moment, what is happening right now is an encounter that's gonna shape my future. Things are gonna look different from this point forward. And sometimes it's weeks or months or years down the road when you look back, we were doing this um, last night and you're gonna see some pictures in just a moment, but we were looking back through some pictures when Aiden was young and when Renee and I first met, and you don't know how much those certain encounters shaped you until you're years down the road and you look back and you begin to talk and you begin to reflect and you realize how much those encounters from years ago helped form and shape who you are, who you are today. Let me ask you about this encounter. For those that are married, do you remember when you first encountered your spouse? I think I have a picture that will be popping up um, and you may be able to, well, it's better on, on this one here, but now this was not the week or the weeks that, the first few weeks that Renee and I met, but this was probably a few months down the road, but this is as close as I could find last night to our uh, picture of our first encounter. This was out at the Etowah Country Club and some family was coming in to join us that night for, it was a special birthday dinner. I can't remember exactly whose it was, but uh, the encounter, the first encounter I had with Renee was, I was a youth minister at my home church. It was uh, just shortly after I had graduated from Gardner-Webb, was working on my master's, commuting back and forth, sleeping on somebody's Paul Lay's couch. Some of you know Paul Lay. I was sleeping on his couch in one of the dorm rooms and uh, I was needing some help with the girls. That's an honest statement in the youth group. I was, uh, we had a lot of girls and uh, it was a large youth group and I needed some help. And one of the youth moms got wind of it. And she said, I've got a, a lady that's um, living near us that's helping out at her church, but she's kind of looking maybe to do something else. And she said, would you like to meet her? And, and, and maybe she could help with the youth. And I just said, well, sure. I said, she's welcome to come and just you know, hang out with us and come to, come to youth one night. Well, that was, that was Renee. And that was my first encounter with Renee was her coming in uh, to help with the youth. You know? And so I just said, well, would you like to go out for some ice cream and talk about the youth? And so that was the beginning of, of our encounter that is still uh, taking place today. Um, but let me ask you about this. For those that uh, have children, do you, what about the first time that you encountered your newborn child? Do you remember that? Especially your firstborn, you know? Um, I was talking to somebody in the, in the office this week, um, and uh, I think I remember who it was. And we're saying, you know, with your firstborn, it's like everything, you're just like, you're so, you know, we just, of course, have one. But had we had another child, I mean, I am certain that we would, things would have been a little bit different. But, you know, you're like making, you, you know, you go over the bumps slow, you know, the speed bumps and every, I mean, everything, you're just like way over the top, you know. And then by the second kid, and for those of you that have three and four now, you're just like, look, you know, you're just throwing them around and you, you realize they're resilient and they'll get over it, they'll bounce back. Um, but the picture that you just saw, or that's still up there, was, it wasn't, certainly wasn't our first encounter, but it just shows you what life was like. Maybe that was, I think, maybe three or four months old. Uh, when our first encounter with Aiden, he was nine pounds and 23 and three-fourths inches long. 
And today at 13, he's about 5'10". So that's still, he's still on a pretty good trajectory there to, to meet his dad's height. But um, it was in the, in, in the uh, surgical room and they had to have a C-section and um, we waited. We did not find out if it was a boy or girl. And that's rare. I know some still do that, but not many. And it was exciting, but also a little nerve wracking. I was kind of telling Renee all the time, it's going to be a boy. It's going to be a boy. And of course, you know, it was. And so I, I was standing there and Renee is not feeling well and, you know, and all this, she's happy. And, but I'm standing at Aiden and she says, I broke out in a dance. So I don't know what that dance was, but this Baptist preacher was, was evidently dancing there in the, in the waiting room when Aiden was born. But that was an encounter that I knew from that moment forward as I held Aiden, things were going to be different. My time, my money, my resources, my uh, hobbies, my everything was going to be different from that moment forward. Life had changed. Maybe for some of you this morning, uh, those encounters that were memorable took place in high school or college or as a young adult. And for some of you, those encounters are still taking place that are life-changing and life-forming encounters with Jesus. But as we look at the scriptures, we read of various encounters with Jesus. Many are extraordinary. We know of Peter and walking on the water and, and raising Lazarus from the dead, but some of these we can't necessarily relate to that well, but the one today, we can all relate to what it means and what it's like to walk down a road and have a conversation, whether literally or symbolically. We know what it's like to walk down a road and have a conversation. And I know a lot of you do because I see some of you out on the streets of Bowling Springs walking and having those conversations. But let's explain the story. Let's go back to the beginning. The first verse, first several verses we read tell of two individuals, possibly a man and wife. We don't know. We, we do know that one was named Cleopas and he had someone with him. We don't know if it was his wife, maybe a brother, maybe a family member. We don't know who it was, but we do know that they lived together. Um, they were walking and talking about the events of the last few weeks and especially the last few days with Jesus and his persecution, with his death, his trial, um, his burial. And now, as the scripture tells us in this story, this empty tomb. And what are we to believe of that? What are we to take from that? And Jesus walks up and when they are there in conversation, he asked them, he says, what are you talking about? The scripture says they stood still and looked sad. You ever walked up on somebody in a conversation, maybe it was a personal or it was kind of a difficult conversation and you kind of walked up and hey guys, how's it going? And they kind of just didn't say anything immediately. They kind of had an expression. You knew something was taking place in the conversation that was difficult, that was problematic. And I can't help believe that's a little bit of what Jesus came up onto with Cleopas and this companion. He walked up to him and asked him what they're talking about. And it says they stood still and he looked sad. They paused, I got a feeling, in the midst of the conversation. And after a long pause, he says, have you not heard? Or they said, have you not heard? Jesus plays along and they begin by saying, have you not heard about the things of Jesus, the Nazarene? The scripture says, who was a, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word in the sight of God and all the people. And how the chief priest and the rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. I love the honesty that uh, we see in verse 21 when it says, we were hoping, we had hoped. I think we can all identify with that, right? With these two, they were saying we had hoped that Jesus, in a sense, was who he said he was. We had hoped that there was something different about this man. There had been other prophets and there had been other preachers and been other messengers, but Jesus was different and we had hoped. You can hear the sadness in the text as we read verse 21. They had hoped Jesus, again, was who he said he was. They would hope that he was the Messiah, that he would rise again, that he would reign as Israel's king. And we certainly can relate to this feeling of disappointment that these two were experiencing as they walked along the road. You see, we've hoped things would get better with someone's health, and they did not. We've hoped that things would get better or change in a relationship, and they did not change. We had hoped that things would improve at work, and they have not. We hoped that one outcome in a situation, we had hoped for one outcome in a situation only to be disappointed with the opposite outcome. Perhaps it was an unanswered prayer. Perhaps it was the conclusion that life was not fair because innocent people suffer and the good die young. Scripture goes on to speak in this text of a woman at the tomb and angels 
but still no Jesus in or at the tomb. But him, the scripture says, they did not see. Verse 25 is puzzling to me. In the midst of questions, in the midst of doubts, in the midst of where is this Jesus, in the midst of our hopes are unfulfilled, Jesus, you would think, would immediately bring him up and say something you know, that we would think Jesus would say. But he says these words, oh, how foolish you are. And the Greek translates that as silly, senseless ones. How, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And then beginning with Moses and the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. Jesus was obviously frustrated that these two did not get it. He could have walked away and been tired of explaining the redemption story. After all, he did this time and time again with the disciples about who he was and why he came and what he was going to do. And they were often slow of heart as well. And Jesus, I think, may have used very similar words when he said, how foolish you are. But although Jesus was frustrated, he tarried with them. And I am led to believe that he led them in one of the most thrilling Bible stories that Jesus ever told. I can't imagine what that was like for the two who walked down the road, had these questions and had these doubts, and yet had Jesus, the Son of God himself, go through the Old Testament scriptures and explain to them who he was. Yet they didn't know it was him, but yet I can't imagine. That is a Bible study that I would love to have been a part of right there as they walked down the road together. But as the story goes, it was later when the two invited Jesus to stay. And the story says that even, that even though Jesus was the guest, that he broke the bread and blessed it and gave it to them. And then the scriptures tell us that then their eyes were opened. This is a great communion sermon uh, text as well for us this morning. But they now said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road? Verse 33 tells us that they immediately returned. It had to be nighttime by this point. Uh, they immediately returned to Jerusalem and found gathered there the 11 and those who were with them. So as we walk through the story today, as we walk along the Emmaus Road, a road often filled with questions, the question that I have for us this morning is this. How do we recognize and experience a fresh encounter with Jesus? How do we recognize Jesus and experience a fresh encounter much like these two what could we learn from the text about experiencing that fresh encounter with Jesus? These verses give us some excellent clues. And the first one is that they, we recognize him, we recognize Jesus by knowing the Bible. Like I said, I can't imagine what that Bible study was like. As these two act like they didn't get or they didn't get it. And Jesus is going back to the Old Testament, explaining the scriptures. I'm sure he may reference Psalm 22. He went back to Isaiah. He went back to probably even to Abraham and, and just walked up through the Old Testament and reminded them of the story, reminded him of the prophecies, reminded him, reminded the two of uh, the gospel story. The great thing about scripture is that we read and study. We have the privilege of having access to the author of the book. Not only when we read scripture do we learn facts and we learn knowledge, and the kids will do that this week, but my hope and prayer for us and for our church, for these kids this week, is that they will come to know the author of the scriptures. And we come to know God, we come to know more about Jesus and encounter him in a fresh way when we dive in and when we begin to study and grow in our scripture knowledge. God is with us through the Holy Spirit as we read scripture. We can ask him to give us insight and wisdom to the portions that are puzzling. James tells us that he will give us that wisdom if we ask. And the purpose of scripture is to point to the author who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We learn more about his plan of redemption. We learn more about the fact that we have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ and that we are now ministers of reconciliation. But the scriptures help us to have that fresh encounter with Jesus as we spend time with him there. But we also encounter Jesus through community. You notice these two were walking together on the road, and one of the things I would like to go back and study more, and maybe you can help me answer this question, um, I couldn't think of one this week, but did Jesus ever appear to anyone solo after the resurrection? That's something maybe you can help me with, but most of the places that I know and, and can remember and studied, looked at over the many years and even this week, Jesus appeared to two, he appeared to threes, he appeared to twelves or elevens, he appeared to groups 
of people. And one of the ways that we, you and I can encounter Jesus as uh, these two were walking on the road with Jesus, but also as they went to their home, but there was a sense of community where they and where we also at many times encounter Jesus. We encounter in Jesus certainly by ourselves, but there's something special about being with others in Bible study or in choir or in a service mission opportunity with our church or in, or in, in, a, in a communal setting with congregation where we can truly experience more of Jesus. But we also encounter Jesus, the text says, uh, when we have a, a sense of, of heightened awareness. Now, at first, they didn't know it was Jesus. But later, as he broke the bread, it says their hearts were not, were, were they not burning within them as they walked down the road with him? Their eyes were open to see Jesus uh, for who he was. But do we have this sense of expectancy that we're going to meet Jesus? Um, when I traveled with Baptist retirement homes prior to my time coming to Bowling Springs Baptist Church as pastor, I traveled and spoke the last year that I was with the retirement homes. I spoke in 52 different churches. Over half of those uh, 52 were on Sunday mornings and the other times were like Wednesdays or a senior lunch and things like this, telling the story of Baptist retirement homes. But when I was in services at different churches, all different kinds of churches from uh, basically about Burlington West in our state, uh, I would go into many churches that would not have uh, I knew from the get-go would not be maybe the musical style that I would prefer. I knew that the preaching may not be exactly what I would prefer. Uh, I knew the church was a little bit different than the church that I would make a church home in. But yet, if I went in, and I found myself doing this, if I had this sense of expectancy that despite whatever happens, whatever songs are sung, whatever is preached, or however the style of the preacher is or the church is, I went in with this sense of expectancy, I would always walk out with something to chew on. I would always walk out having experienced Jesus. It may not have been my preferred style of preaching or singing or whatever it was, but I think there is this sense of expectancy that you and I need to have as we come to worship each Sunday. And what I love about Boiling Springs is I tell folks, you know, we're not contemporary. I say we're not liturgical. Um, what I like to say sometimes is that we're a creative traditional. You may one Sunday um, hear the good old hymns, but then other Sunday you may hear old church choir like this morning, or you may hear the bluegrass group, or you may hear some other contemporary piece. And so we're, we're varied. We're not kind of in one, in one particular place there, but whatever your style is, whatever your preference is, if we come with a sense of expectancy, we can walk away having encountered Jesus, even though the song may not have been the beat you like, or it was an old song, or it was this or it was that. But I challenge each of us this morning to have that sense of expectancy as we gather for worship, as we gather for Bible study, as we meet for a choir, as we meet to prepare for Bible school, whatever it is, have this sense of expectancy that, you know what, Jesus might just show up. We might just encounter him in a new and a fresh way today. And as we get, excuse me, as we gather with that sense of expectancy, what might happen? That's exciting to think about. And the last thing that I wanted to share with you this morning is finally we encounter Jesus when we make time for him. I don't know about you, but this is something that uh, with me and with life today and families with, with children and, and, and individual adults with careers and there's time is precious. Time is very precious, but we encounter Jesus when we make time for him. The two travelers made time for Jesus. The indication is, is that Jesus would have gone on is what the scripture leads us to believe had they not made time for him and asked him to stay. And they had to ask him, he did not intrude. And I think of the verse in Revelation chapter three, verse 20, that tells us Jesus stands at the door and knocks. It doesn't say that he forces himself in. He says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. I don't know what road you're on right now. And I don't know what your questions are for Jesus if he were to show up and begin walking with you down that road. The biggest question I have for you today is, have you encountered Jesus? I encountered him as a young boy, and I'm grateful that I have had multiple encounters with him since that day. Encounters in college that led me to say and to believe and know that Jesus was calling me into ministry. We talked about that this morning in our men's study about the importance of the minister knowing and understanding the call of God on his or her life. But what encounters have you had with Jesus as you think back over your life? Have you encountered him in the sense of what it means to know him and walk with him and accept his free gift of salvation? And if you've encountered him in that way, how are you continuing to do that today? How is your relationship with Jesus? And what, are those what do those recent encounters with him look like? Are you making time for him? Are you spending time in his word? 
Are you having this sense of expectancy that, God, I don't know what you want to do in me and through me, but I'm expecting you to do something. As I go to worship today, I don't know what the preacher's preaching, and I don't know what songs will be sung, but God, I'm, I'm here and I'm open and I'm ready for you to speak. I'm expecting you to do something in me and through me in this service or in this Bible study. And not only we think about that, but like I said, think about this sense of community. God, what do you have to speak to me today in this sense of community as we gather as a church, as we gather as a Bible study? Uh, what do you want us to experience and how do you want us to encounter you today? I love this story of these two who were walking down the road. Like I said, we can all identify. It's hard to identify with some of the miracles we hear about in the scripture, but we can all identify with what it is to walk down a road and to have questions. And whether it's walking, not walk, maybe some of you aren't walking down a physical road, but you're going through a path, a journey in life right now where you have some questions. And my hope and prayer is that Jesus, as you expect to meet with him in scripture, with other people, um, as you expect to hear from him, spend time with him, is that you will encounter him in a fresh way, in a new way. Something that um, you can begin to say soon that, you know what, some things have changed in me. I'm not the man, I'm not the woman that I used to be, but something's changing. God's doing something in me and he's making me new. As we give ourselves to him freely and totally, he does that. He takes something, uh, as we come as we are, it's the only way we can come, and he begins to transform us, he begins to mold us, and he begins to shape us to look more like him. And I ask you today, are you open to experience such encounter with him today? Let's pray together. God, I thank you for the encounters. Now, I thank you for the encounter that I had as a nine-year-old boy and giving my heart and my life to you. I knew a lot about you, but I didn't know you personally. And I'm grateful for all the encounters that I've had with you since that day. Lord, as a church family, I can speak for us all, I hope, in saying that we desire to have encounter, a fresh encounter with you. Move us from complacency, if that's taking place in our lives. Move us from apathy. Move us from going through the motions, Lord, to wanting to experience you and expecting you to move in us and through us. Father, the world desperately needs to see the church of God today in society as we go about and, and living in the diverse culture and, and the times that we're in, Lord, how the world needs to see Christ followers. God, give us strength and give us fresh encounters with you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and you've never had that fresh encounter, I'd love to explain how Jesus has come and how he has forgiven you of your sins and how you can know him and know where your eternity lies today. If you are here today and desire spiritual renewal, I'd love to talk with you more about that. And if you're here today as well and desire church membership, please know that the altar and the invitation is here for you now to come as we stand and sing. We're gonna stand and sing hymn number Six, 640, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. Let's stand and sing together.
you to be seated for just a moment, but I'm going to invite Tam, Tom and Tammy Bates to come and, and join me up here this morning. Many of you have been getting to know them. Uh, Tammy came in first several months ago, and they had moved down from Pennsylvania, and then Tom uh, joined her, and uh, they have been participating in many things here at Bowling Springs Baptist, but they come today desiring membership here at Bowling Springs Baptist. They come by statement of faith. They have both put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and they have been baptized. Uh, they have come down from Pennsylvania and settled in Boiling Springs, North Carolina, living somewhere in the home, around the Homestead area there. And uh, they have been just a pleasure and joy to get to know. And so what is the pleasure of the church today um, for Tom and Tammy Bates? All right. All in favor, if you would raise your right hand and wave at them. Uh, any opposed like sign? And welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church. Please come by and speak with Tom and Tammy. Welcome. Welcome. 